welcome to Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. I just want to remind you that my course, The Complete Guide to Menopause, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know, Your Doctor Never Told You, is available for you to take online at your own pace. This six-hour course that I created covers everything you could ever want to know about menopause. Ideally, it's like sitting with me in an office and having a long conversation about menopause, the definitions, the facts, and the evidence behind making the right decision for you. In this course, I really walk you through how to come out of this journey feeling confident and successful instead of confused and frustrated, which is what I find so many women go through and why I became a menopause doctor and why I created this course for you. If you want to learn more about the course, simply go to my website, heatherhirschmd.com slash course. There you can also find all the wonderful reviews and you can browse through all of the different lessons and the first one is free. So check it out today. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. It is a new year. Welcome to 2021. In fact, looking at all of the numbers, this podcast has had over 25,000 downloads throughout the year, representing many, many countries across the continent. That is so amazing because this is a podcast about women's health in midlife and at menopause. And I find that pretty groundbreaking. So I'm so excited. If you love this show, please share it with your friends. And to thank you for all of your amazing support, I have an exciting new podcast feature for 2021. I have added a Google Voice where you can call, it will go to voicemail, and you can leave a comment, you can leave your story, or you can leave feedback on any of the episodes. And anytime I have a call to action or ask you something, or you just simply would like to weigh in. And I hope to actually, with your permission, uh, put some of these on the podcast because I really, really am excited for this podcast to be about your collective voice. And this is going to give us a step in that direction. So here is the number. It is 617-383-7410. Again, that is 617-383-7410. If you call that don't worry, it is not going to go to my voicemail. It's going to go to my Google Voice. It's going to go into an email and it will transcribe it. And I can also play it back. And so I want to hear your menopause stories, your comments, your feedback. So hopefully this is an easier way for us to share uh, with each other. The next exciting thing I want to let you know about is that I'm planning to do a series on menopause across the globe. And I came up with this idea when I was actually looking through all of the download data and saw that so many of you are from 
all across the world. Now, certainly I am located in Boston, Massachusetts. If you don't know me, hi, I'm Dr. Heather Hirsch. I'm the clinical program director of the Menopause and Midlife Clinic at the Brigham and Women's Hospital and faculty at Harvard Medical School. So the majority of listeners are located in the United States. So hi to all of you, but it is certainly not limited to just uh, that country. So I'm going to do a Menopause Across the Globe series, and I have lined up some incredible physicians in uh, who are experts in menopause to interview, and I want to learn about what is menopause like in your country, how is it perceived, um, what is the myths and misconceptions, do people use or take hormone therapy? I am just so interested to see, and this is going to be a rich learning experience for me, and I actually hope for all of you as well. So there's so much exciting stuff coming up in 2021. I have some amazing new sponsors. And of course, you heard the ad about my course, The Complete Guide to Menopause. And I have a booming new YouTube channel, Health by Heather Hirsch. So you can check me out over there. In today's episode, I know that was a super long intro, but I actually wanted to talk about menopause at work today. And the reason I wanted to actually make sure I got that Google Voice account set up was because I would love to have you call in and I would love to hear your menopause at work stories. And I think it's so important to discuss menopause at work because this can be an extraordinarily challenging time for women in midlife. And I believe historically, there's been really little to no attention paid to the physiologic and physical changes that happen to women and how this can affect multiple things at work, including productivity, um, motivation for projects, project completion, uh, and as well as just how well you can concentrate and focus, let alone <laughs> just overall how you're feeling. So want to talk a little bit about menopause at work and the importance of why we should start talking about menopause at work and what we know so far. So I was interviewed for a story on this, which is really what got me thinking about it. In 2020, actually, right before uh, the virus outbreak, I was on Harvard Business Review's podcast, Women at Work. And I was so thrilled and honored to be on the podcast talking about this topic because the Harvard Business Review uh, podcast is really about women at work. And uh, certainly in my biased opinion, this is a huge part of woman's job. Now, Midlife usually coincides with when women are climbing to the peaks of their careers. And of course, at that same time, they're having these physiologic shifts in hormone levels. We know that at menopause, your estrogen levels start to decline as your ovaries are closing down shop. And when women lose that endogenous estrogen, women have a lot of symptoms. 70 to 80% of women have a lot of symptoms. And on average, these symptoms last for five to seven years. So for example, if you are now the CFO or the um, SAMO, or you are, you know, not even in the C-suite, but you are 
Uh, you've got people working under you and all of a sudden the symptoms of menopause strike, whether it is the obvious issue of brain fog and trouble with memory and recall, or it's hot flashes, which are embarrassing to do in front of uh, team members or clients if you're serving people, or if you're a entertainer or hostess, imagine having either hot flashes or having symptoms that are really keeping you back from completing the tasks that you need to do. Now, as obviously tumultuous as that sounds, there is fairly good data, uh, uh, not that much, but good data on how important symptoms of menopause are in the workplace when they're not well controlled. So obviously, if you're not having severe symptoms, this probably affects you much less. However, we do know that women who have untreated vasomotor symptoms, which we're calling hot flashes, but let's just bundle it all in there a little bit more. And probably if you're having hot flashes, you're having other symptoms of menopause as well. We know that with your, if they're very symptomatic, women leave the workforce earlier and retire earlier. And this is huge. And this is a significant public health issue, in my opinion, because that means that women, valuable members of our society, women who have spent countless years being educated and working in a field because of their changes in hormones, because they go through menopause, feel as though they cannot keep up, they cannot thrive, they are no longer successful at their jobs, or they're feel fearful at their jobs, and so they just leave the workforce earlier. And of course, we also know that when you leave the workforce earlier, other conditions and other situations arise that are troublesome. For some of us, when we retire, we can feel very lonely, we can feel disconnected, and even a real loss of sense of self or a sense of daily direction. Now, don't get me wrong, some people love retirement. Actually, you should be looking forward to retirement. But there's probably a difference when you are begrudgingly retiring out of fear or out of a uh, worry that you're not completing your daily tasks to the level that you are expected to versus a happy retirement where you count down the day and you have your big party and you're very, very happy looking back on your entire work career. So we want you to have a fulfilling work life. And how do you balance this if you are having the symptoms? So one of the things the journalist asked me is, well, what can you recommend for women? And this is where I actually myself struggle. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about why I have a struggle. And it is because I do think that there has been a fairly good answer for women in another group, and that is breastfeeding women. Now, we have created a society where it's a very normal place to have to leave your job, to uh, go and pump. And that has become a clear standard. We now have lactation rooms and pumping breaks are certainly 
nearly expected in many workplaces. In fact, even in my old institution, they had a new policy set up in place that wouldn't ding us for the patients that we missed while we were breastfeeding if we did it two times a day. And that's fairly revolutionary. Now, I don't remember a time when it wasn't commonplace to breastfeed in an office, but certainly many of you might. And looking back on that to where we are now, there's been huge, huge rallying cries. There has been huge outcries for public health and the demonstrations of the benefits of breastfeeding for both the child and the working mom as well to have made such a shift in that. And so is there something similar to menopause? Well, not right off the bat, not one that I can think of. There's not the same scenario as having a hot flash room, although maybe some of you would think that was a fairly good idea. If you were having a terrible hot flash, you could go into a room for a little while, take a deep breath, sit by a fan, have a change of clothes, and come back out. But that's a little bit of a fantasy because it's not the same for everybody, and certainly hot flashes are very quick. And so there isn't an equivalent But there may be some parallels from what people achieved or worked hard to do to achieve uh, normalcy in breastfeeding in the workplace to um, apply to menopause in the workplace. So what are some of the little obvious things that you can do? You've probably already figured these out, but of course, dressing in layers so that you can take off clothing. Like if you have a jacket or a sweater and you have a cami underneath or a tank top underneath, you know, of course that could be helpful. Actually even changing shoes because feet can get really warm. So changing out of boots into something, if you're sitting at a desk, that's a little bit more airy on your feet. So what you wear can really make an in impact. Of course, you can also bring a handheld fan. You can have a fan on your desk. And this is if your colleagues around you won't let you keep the house or the office at a cool degree, say 65 degrees is best. Now, Of course, in 2021, here in the beginning of 2021, many of us are still not in office settings, but many of us have returned to office settings, and we're now required to have more safety precautions, and um, that can mean either more clothing or masks or glasses, which can sometimes trigger hot flashes. So certainly apparel and keeping yourself cool is really important. Bring really cold water with you to drink, keep lights, lots of ice cubes around so you can keep some ice cold water just to have on hand to cool down your core body temperature. Because these hot flashes are really from a core body temperature irregulation that happens when we lose estrogen because estrogen is really important in maintaining our core body temperature. So, you know, darn. What else can you do besides for those obvious things? Well, then it comes to talking to your manager or your boss. When is the time and how exactly do you do that? And what are you going to say? So this is particularly important, especially if it's not just hot flashes that are bothering you at work, but it's brain fog. 
or it's trouble with memory, confusion, which is so common. You are not alone in having brain fog and trouble with memory and recall. This can really be really significant if you are a numbers person or a secretary person or uh, you're setting up the Zoom meetings because when you can't remember a task or you have to look it up or it takes you time, that can really frustrate people in the office. Especially if you feel embarrassed or you feel worried or nervous to tell them that you think it's menopause. If, you know, if you are even able to recognize that it could be from menopause. And a lot of brain fog or confusion and memory recall or just, you know, having slower reflexes in general can also come from some of the sleeplessness, the insomnia or the night sweats or the tossing and turning that happen at menopause. So on top of brain fog and hot flashes, feeling fatigued, you know, it, it just really can make it very difficult for you. But one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, how would I coach people through talking to their boss or their managers? And this is, of course, really delicate. And I'm not sure that I know the right answers. If possible, I would maybe consider starting with a similar person in your office or in the hub where you work. Maybe someone else going through menopause, perimenopause, or who has gone through menopause, that you feel comfortable enough asking if they would engage in a conversation with just you, asking them how their experience went, asking them if they ever said anything. And if they're currently experiencing it, would they like to talk to your boss together um, to explain these things? And I think that that could be the first step. Certainly, we still don't have an open dialogue about menopause in our culture yet uh, to the point where this is really commonplace. And so for some people, this first step might be scary enough that getting to the next steps might be hard to do. But if you can start by finding someone in your office who you feel comfortable disclosing some of your symptoms to, who you think may have had the same symptoms or has already been through menopause that can kind of coach you or come with you when talking to your boss or manager, that's great. So what are the things that you might want to think about before you go talk to your boss or manager? And that could be, what is it that you need? So for some people, it's just, I need a little bit more time to get these tasks done. And I am really working on it by doing X, Y, and Z. I'm doing brain games. I'm seeing my doctor. I'm starting a new medication or whatever it is that you might be doing. If it's that you think you need better sleep, it's, you know, I'm working on my sleep hygiene, maybe I'm doing a sleep cognitive behavioral therapy, or I'm working with a doctor to improve my sleep, because I think that what I'm experiencing is either perimenopause or menopause transition, and this physiologic change has caused me to, I can recognize it's caused my work to change ever so slightly, and I am really working on this. So I think the first step might be going to your boss with someone else in your office office, explaining to them why some of your work productivity is changing and what you're doing about it. Now, I don't want to make the assumption that all managers or bosses or upper level management is going to understand that completely. And I actually don't think that sex makes a difference or not, because certainly if your boss is a male and they have any females in their lives, if they're married to a female 
or they're around parents or sisters who've gone through menopause, they may have some understanding of how that affects people on a daily basis, on a personal basis. And just because they're a woman, if they didn't experience any symptoms, they may not understand either. Um, So sex may not make as much of a difference, but I don't know. I'd be interested to hear your experiences. Uh, But certainly... I I do wonder if you feel as though it's important to communicate and you have a sense that that may be helpful for you, that perhaps you start by doing that and you bring someone else with you and you bring some ideas on what you might need. Other ideas on what you might need are, I am going to take a few days of this month and next month to see some new doctors because I want to be proactive and get my health better aligned. And so I need these days and this time to really get my health straightened out so that I have a really productive next decade because I am determined to, to do that. Or perhaps it is, I notice that I am feel the worst between this hour and this hour. And so I'm going to shift the time that I work because I know that I better function then and I am more productive. So this second tip here is a little bit of a tip of uh, knowing yourself and journaling and tracking. I talk about journaling and tracking symptoms all the time, but if you can find some patterns or any sort of cyclic nature in things, that can also really help you set your day up in that way. So for example, if your nights are terribly filled with tossing and turning, insomnia and anxiety, and you best function between say hours 1 p.m. and 8 p.m., can you shift your work? time to that. Just absolutely making up an example there, but working around some of the things, using some flexibility that your managers and upper level management can help you with may be a step in in having more success at work when you're symptomatic in menopause. Now, these are all sort of micro things that we can do, but these are actually going to have, I think, a pretty big impact over time. I I don't know how many people go to upper level management and say, I have menopause and here's what I want to do about it because it's affecting my work. I can't imagine it's many, but the more this happens, the more we're going to socially recognize it's something that we need to do something about. And this is why I think there are some good lessons to be learned about maternal pumping at work and how we've shifted that culture drastically from when you used to have to stop breastfeeding after that six weeks or eight weeks because you are going to go back to work to now women can really breastfeed for as long as they want because culturally it's so appropriate to have a lactation break scheduled in during the day, even for incredibly busy surgical residents. You know, I see that in my feed a lot. They're doing such great things in encouraging breastfeeding. So I imagine someone had to step up. People had to step up over time and talk about their breasts and talk about the fluid coming from them to say that this is important I really need this for my health as well as my babies, but for also my health. And that really shifted the culture. So these micro changes of going to upper level management and human resources and saying we need resources, coming up with the ideas of what do women consistently need in midlife and menopause to allow them to 
thrive and be successful at their jobs and really starting to implement them at different companies as we kind of do this beta testing of what is it that women need and does it work? Because I do think that our upper level management is comprised of people, men and women who have experienced menopause or experienced somebody close to them in menopause where that this can change, but it takes the beginnings of people going to their bosses to say, I'm having hot flashes and night sweats, and I need to do something about this because it is affecting my work productivity now, but I don't want it to affect my work productivity forever, and I do not want to leave the workforce early because I love my job. And that's a perfect world. And again, I'm just not sure exactly how we're going to get there, what the right answers are. But what I am sure of is that menopause definitely affects women at work. I see it all the time. I had a patient recently, an accountant, tell me that she retired because she was too afraid she was going to make a mistake. And she has since been retired for a couple of years and has really fallen off the ladder in terms of her overall health and thriving because she's not working with colleagues and being stimulated and seeing uh, friends at work any longer. I have had professors at the best academic institutions tell me they cannot function grading papers or answering students' questions or following along with them in class. I have had dental workers, dental hygienists, and dentists tell me that the aches and pains of menopause is causing them to have so much pain in their hands when they work that they feel as though they might have to quit. I have seen this in almost every spectrum. I have seen moms who are stay-at-home moms, who are homemakers, who do all the work to keep that home thriving, who's basically, whose retirement happens when their children go off to college and say, I no longer have that, but I'm worrying so much that I can't function and do my daily chores. I don't want to do them anymore. I don't want to make time to exercise anymore. I don't want to do anything but stay in bed now. And so you see it from all spectrums and women in midlife. And again, what I do know is that this is not your fault. This is a huge physiologic change. Society tells us over and over again through ads and through social media that we're not eating the right thing. We're not buying the right sheets to keep us cold at night. We're not wearing the right clothes at night. And it is a huge physiologic change when we go through menopause. And I want you to know that it is not your fault, but it is New Year. And so it's time for some New Year's resolutions, whether that is saying, I am going to see a menopause doctor, or I am going to start with my local doctors and talk to them about menopause. Or again, you know, a plug, you can always take my course, but it's so, it is really wonderful the feedback that I get when people tell me that they now feel comfortable to make a decision. They're not paralyzed in fear one way or another, and they can make a decision and start to feel their best and thrive again. Or of course, it could be I'm going to talk to my friends at work or my colleagues at work, and I'm going to talk to my boss um, because I want things to change. So I've told you a bunch of stories that I have heard from my patients. I'd love for you to call in on the new Google Voice feature and let me know your menopause stories. Again, the number is 617 
3837410 and i'm so excited to hear your voices this episode i think is really important because it is something that has largely gone ignored and underrecognized in the progression of women's labor history. And I really want us together to bring it to light and to come up with solutions that could change the way women in midlife and menopause feel during their working years. I want everyone to feel as though they can thrive and function and retire when they want to, not when they feel like they have to because of their health. So thank you guys, as always, for listening into the podcast. I also want to let you know I'm going to hopefully begin transcribing the podcast and putting them up on my website, heatherhirschmd.com. So there's so much exciting stuff to come in 2021. I have so much in store for you. I simply can't wait. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you like the show, please give it a star or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because that helps other women find this podcast and it lets the algorithm rhythm know that this podcast is important uh, for women who are searching for answers to all things midlife and menopause. All right, as always, I will see you next week. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Thank you guys, as always, for your support and for listening in. And I hope you had a wonderful rest of your day and evening and enjoyed a couple of barks from my dog. See you next week. Bye.